Welcome to Beautiful Soul Sunday, and thank you for tuning in. Listen, we want you to be encouraged, uplifted, and strengthened in your faith as you listen to the show today. And we pray that this podcast will be a blessing to your soul. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lynn Gope. Good morning, beautiful souls. Grace and peace. Rise and shine. It is a beautiful soul Sunday because this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, this is your host, your sister, your auntie, your girl, Dr. Lynn Goble, and I am back with another dose of the most insight, inspiration, energy, encouragement, and love. That is what I am about to give you a dose of. I am here just to release some positive vibes to you, wherever you are listening from, your phone, your home, your car, maybe even your computer or your television. To all of my listeners, I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning into the show each week, nationwide and internationally. Thank you so much, beauties. I appreciate the love and I am sending it right back to you all across the world. So this week, family, I am tackling yet another subject that I'm sure you've probably experienced in your own life from people. And maybe you have to deal with it right now and you don't understand all of the whys behind why you have to go through what you have to go through. So I hope that by the leading of the Holy Spirit, he will lead me to shed a little light on the topic that I'm going to be talking about this week. And that is the subject or the topic of hatred or being hated. And you know, hatred, listen, it has been around literally since creation. And things like this are always a little uncomfortable to talk about. But if you recognize this in someone, or even in yourself, I feel like it's important to identify the spirit of jealousy or hatred in someone else, maybe even within yourself, recognize it, deal with it, and be able to get delivered from it and not allow it to turn into something that will cause ill will towards someone else. Introducing hatred was a plot from the enemy. It was his plan from the very beginning And that was to introduce hatred because he knew what it would cause. In Genesis chapter three, verse 15, this is what it says. And this is after the fall of man. So this is after Adam and Eve ate of the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So this is after Eve was seduced by the enemy because the interpretation that she was beguiled by the enemy, she was beguiled by Satan. That actually means that she was seduced by him. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter three, verse 15. And this is what it caused. It says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. 
it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So what was God saying? He was saying, I am going to make a distinction between your seed, the seed of the enemy and her seed, the seed of Eve, and it shall bruise or it shall break your head. So the deception Eve received when she allowed herself, listen to what I'm saying, when she allowed herself to be seduced by the enemy, it caused much more than just the fall of man. When this occurred in the Garden of Eden, it caused the fall of man and it caused death and separation from God. But not only did the decision Adam and Eve made when they disobeyed God cause death and separation, when Eve allowed herself to be seduced by the enemy, not only did it cause enmity between her and Satan, not only did Eve cause women to have to suffer during childbirth. I mean, listen, that's a lot, Eve, okay? She caused a lot, but do you want to know what else she really caused? And this is what essentially really happened when this took place. It was because of her decision that Eve was the one which caused hostility between nations. So here's what the word enmity literally means. It means to have mutual hatred or hostility between nations, specifically between two nations. Enmity literally means that there is antagonism between brothers. It is an animosity which leads to revenge. And listen, we are still experiencing the hostility between nations and the dissension it causes between the seeds. Because remember, God said to Eve and to Satan, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Now, twice in the book of Genesis, it specifically points out this hatred between brothers. First, we see the hatred between Cain and Abel. Then we see the hatred and animosity between Isaac and Ishmael. These were two brothers whose hatred for one another has resulted between the Israelites and the Palestinians that we see to this very day. Then we see this hatred between brothers resulting into hatred between nations again in Genesis chapter 25, verse 23. Here's what it says. It says, and the Lord said unto her, her being Rebekah, because Rebekah was Isaac's wife. Isaac married Rebekah. She became pregnant with twins. And here's what God said to her. He said, there are two nations in your womb and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels or from your womb. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. This scripture is talking about Isaac and Rebekah's twins, Jacob and Esau, and they are referred to as the two nations. Now, understand that the woman has the ability 
to produce and reproduce. Her womb is the place where seed is received naturally and spiritually. So let me talk to my ladies right now for just a minute. Ladies, what you have to understand is that as a woman, you were produced and you have the ability to reproduce from one of these two nations mentioned. One nation is a nation of survivors and the other nation is a nation of non-survivors. And I'm going to prove it to you. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, it says, And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly greatly. They were mighty, they were powerful, and the land was filled with them. So the land was filled with survivors. Verse 8 says, Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And if you remember me talking about Joseph just a few weeks ago, this was the same Joseph who was sold into slavery by his brothers, and he ended up being the right-hand man to the king. Well, after he died, the new king didn't know anything about Joseph or what transpired. And verse 9 says, He said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we are. They are mightier and more powerful than we are, which means survivors birth more offspring than non-survivors. Exodus chapter 1 verse 10, it says this, Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that if a war breaks out, they may join also unto our enemies and fight against us. So this is what the king said, get them up out of here, get them out of the land. Verse 11 says, therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities. And here's the verse right here that is really key. Verse 12 out of Exodus chapter one, it says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. So the more that they were hated, God actually put a special anointing on them to be able to survive their affliction to be able to survive opposition because the more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew and the stronger they became. So listen, here is what you have to understand. And that's this. When people are hating on you, it is not going unnoticed by God. And God favors those who are being hated on with a special blessing and a special anointing over their lives. That's what he did for Leah in the Bible. Leah was the mother of all of the brothers who wanted to kill their younger brother, Joseph. And Joseph was actually their half brother. And he was favored because their father was really in love with Leah's sister. And of course, he was married to both of them. And he had children 
by both of his wives, Leah and Rachel. And Rachel was the one that Jacob was actually in love with. So her sister, Leah, was the least favorite. She was hated on. And when God saw that, he opened up her womb. But her sister, Rachel, was barren, of course, until she had Joseph and Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin. And the story of Leah and Rachel is a perfect prime example of how God will bless someone whenever that person is being hated on. When people are hating on you, it is not going unnoticed by God. And God does favor those who are hated. The Bible says that when God saw that Leah was hated, he opened up her womb and he will give you a special blessing. This is what happened to the Israelites or to the Hebrews when they were slaves to the Egyptians. And scripture reveals that the Egyptians were actually afraid of the Hebrews or the Israelites, and they became intimidated by them. They were disgusted and stressed out over them because they knew that whatever the taskmasters did to the Hebrew children, the Hebrews were able to overcome it and survive it. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And they... They, being the taskmasters, made their lives, speaking of the lives of the Hebrew children, they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in making bricks for them and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor and cruelty. Verse 16 says, And Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and you see them upon the stools to give birth, if it be a son, kill him, but if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Now, why would they kill the sons? The reason why he wanted to kill the sons is because it is the man who carries the seed. Verse 17 says, But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they saved the men children alive. Verse 18 says, And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing? And why have you saved the men children? Verse 19 says, And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered before the midwives are able to come in. So basically, the midwives said to the king, Look, these Hebrew women are just popping these babies out before we even have a chance to come in and try to assist them in giving birth. By the time we get there, the baby has already been pushed out. Verse 20 says, Therefore, 
God dealt well with the midwives because, of course, they did not carry out the king's order in killing all of the male children. And the people multiplied and they became great and mighty. Verse 21 says, And it came to pass because the midwives feared God that God took care of them. You see what I'm saying? God will take care of you when you are hated, when you fear him, and when you follow his instructions. Verse 22 says, And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. So he's still trying to carry out this order for all of the male children to be killed. So the story actually continues over into chapter two of Exodus. Verse one says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. They were from the house of the priest. Verse two says, And the women conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child or a child that was beautiful and favored by God, she hid him for three months. But other than the fact that he was beautiful when he was born, what she really saw was God's favor and God's anointing on her baby's life. And of course, that baby was Moses. Verse three says, and when she could no longer hide him, she made an ark of bulrushes to hide him in. She pitched it with slime. She put the child in this ark and she laid it with flags by the river's brink. Now, if you move down to verse seven, it says that Moses' sister actually watched him as her mother put him in this ark and sent him downstream. So she's following Moses as he's going downstream and she sees in verse seven that Pharaoh's daughter, the one who sent out the order to have the male children killed, Pharaoh's daughter is the one who pulled him up out of the water. And of course, because he was drawn out of the water, that is the reason why he was named Moses. And so when his sister saw this, she went to Pharaoh's daughter and she asked, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? So she actually went and got her mother, who was the baby's mother, to have the baby's actual mother who birthed him to also still be able to take care of him and nurse him and still keep him alive in the palace right under Pharaoh's roof, the one who sent out the order to have the male children killed in the first place. Do you see how God will take care of you when you are hated? He will put you right in the face of the enemy and the enemy still will not be able to touch you. Listen, I'm going to let that marinate a little bit and sink in. So stay tuned and I will be right back after this brief announcement. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. 
Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast platforms. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to the show, beauties. So before the break, I was talking about how Moses was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, the daughter of the king who put out the order to have all of the male children killed. And I want to pause right here and just say this. When you talk about someone who is fit to survive, you are not only talking about athletes, but you are talking about people who are best suited and fitted to survive. And of course, even as a baby, Moses was well suited to survive. God took care of him. He had his hand of protection on him. He had his anointing on him and he put him right under the enemy's nose and he let the enemy know, listen, you can't touch him. And when you are favored by God, God will do the same thing for you. There is a phrase called survival of the fittest, and it is mainly referred to when speaking of animals more so than humans, because animals and wildlife have a built-in mechanism and innate ability to adapt to diverse environments in order to survive dangerous climates and situations. It means that you adapt to live in changing environments or local climates. When you look at people who are fit to survive, there are traits within their reproductive system which causes them to function, listen to this, with a natural ability to survive from a genetic basis. Fitness does not refer to whether or not an individual is physically fit, whether they are bigger or faster or stronger or better in a subjective sense, but fitness refers to the difference in the reproductive rate from one generation to the next. Have you ever heard the phrase, only the strong survive? Well, it is an interpretation of the phrase, survival of the fittest, which means only the fittest organisms will prevail. There is an English philosopher by the name of Herbert Spencer. He was also a biologist an anthropologist and sociologist. I mean, there was a lot of gist to this man, okay? But he was famous for his hypothesis of something that was called social Darwinism, which derived from a man by the name of Charles Darwin. And he believed that there were physical forces which shaped our history. And it was his belief that those forces were more superior than any others. So the English philosopher Herbert Spencer actually coined the phrase 
Survival of the Fittest after he read a book by Charles Darwin. After reading the book, Herbert Spencer drew parallels between his own economic theories and Darwin's biological ones. This survival of the fittest was something that he sought to express in mechanical terms, and Charles Darwin called this natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle of life. And this is something that we do still see today, and that is certain races being eliminated from civilization. This has happened since biblical times. So Pharaoh tried to kill off a race of people who were hated, but God had his hand of protection on them. And that is the reason why when you see things going on in the world against certain races, first it's African-Americans. Well, I feel like it's always African-Americans. And now the Asian culture is being attacked and being abused. Listen, there is not a race of people on the planet that you have to worry about because God has always taken care of those who are hated on. And God is saying that I don't care how much you abuse my people or how wrong you treat them. I have preserved them. And I have given them the strength, the courage, and the fortitude to be able to survive. And because of that, listen, you cannot kill them. The enemy cannot kill what God has blessed. And God is saying that because they are my people and surviving is in their genetic makeup, and they are the only ones who will prevail and be victorious in situations which were designed to take them out. Any individual organism which succeeds in reproducing itself is fit and will contribute to survival of its species, not just the physically fittest ones, though some people and populations will be better adapted to certain situations and circumstances more so than others. But the natural selections of what scientists call processes in nature is conceived as a struggle for life in which only the ones best adapted to existing these conditions are able to survive and watch this in order to reproduce. Once reproduction occurs, those who carry the survival gene are the only ones who have the ability to take on the natural characteristics and traits of being a species or a people who have the genetic fortitude and stamina to be able to survive. What this means is that when this gene is present, it represents the preservation of favored races. And listen, when you belong to God, I do not care what nationality you are. You are a favored race. What that means is that you have a built-in mechanism and a natural ability to survive and overcome obstacles and struggles in your life. Survivors with the genetic makeup to survive 
are the people who are able to adapt to whatever the present state or situation they are in. These are the people who know how to survive in diverse climates and environments, and they know how to adapt through variable systematic changes such as temperature, precipitation, pressure, and wind. So whatever you are going through, when the storm rages, when you have a natural ability to survive, you can survive any climate that you are in. Survivors are people who know how to survive these climates and take a licking and keep on ticking. The people who carry the survival gene are the people who just have a natural ability to know how to survive because they are better suited to become acclimated to their environment, good or bad. What that means is you can survive a hurricane and a snowstorm. If you put a survivor in unfavorable situations, listen, they can survive. And there may be some things or areas in your life where you are going through changes and you think the devil is fighting you. And sometimes he is, but that's not always the case. There are things which naturally happen produced by nature or the action or result of natural forces, such as accidents, natural disasters, earthquakes, tornadoes, volcanic activity. And the reason why people say the devil is fighting them and attacking them is because when they experience these climate changes, they blame the devil because they are not able to recognize that they have been transplanted into a different environment. And because it's unfamiliar territory, they are unable to adapt to the climate change in order to survive because there is nothing on the inside of them with the tenacity and the fortitude for them to become acclimated to that changing environment, regardless of the climate you are in. That's what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians when he said this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. He says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Verse 12 says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And that is the reason why in verse 13, he follows it by saying, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. It's because Paul knew that wherever you put me, I'm going to thrive because I'm a survivor. And God has given you that same ability to be able to survive any test or any trial that you may have to go through. Just like Paul, Paul was saying, whatever comes at me, listen, I can handle it because I know God has already given me the strength to go through it. And that is the reason why I can be content. It's because I know how to adjust to the climate change in order to be able to survive. Those who do not have the natural ability to survive in adverse climate changes 
end up dying and being destroyed by the turmoil and the disaster around them simply because they didn't know how to adapt to the climate change in order to survive during the storm. And we will sometimes judge people because they fall or because they were not able to overcome opposition or a test or a trial in their life. And some people within the body of Christ will have struggles and oftentimes may even lose the fight they are in. But the real reason we lose certain people in their spiritual battle and the reason they give up and they are not able to survive is because in order to survive, you would have had to come from a generation of survivors. It is because the generations they were reproduced from prior did not birth survivors. So what happens is that we have a generation of people who are the non-survivors who end up being eliminated from existence because there was nothing down on the inside of them, which was transferred and passed down through the generations that reproduced a genetic line of people who knew how to survive. People who know how to be content in whatsoever state or climate they are in, and people who know how to adapt to their environment in a crisis or during a disaster are the people who have been birthed from a generation of survivors. They are the ones who have the tenacity to go through the fire And when they come out, they don't just come out purified and whole, but they come out still carrying the genetic characteristics to reproduce and birth another generation of survivors. That's the reason why they know how to be content and they have the fortitude to survive regardless of the situation they face or the battle they may be going through. Paul said, I know both how to be abased, I know how to be depressed, I know how to be humiliated, brought low, but I also know how to be humbled, and I know how to abound, I know how to have abundance, and I know how to excel everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I know how to lack, I know how to become destitute but I also know how to overcome. And that's the reason why he said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. It is because he knew that he inherited the genetic makeup of Christ because once you are born again, guess what? You have God's DNA. And the reason you hear some people say that, oh, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't feel like going on. I don't think I can survive this crisis while you hear others say I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the head and not the tail. I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. It's because those people are the ones who understand that it's not me, but it's whose DNA I have. And listen, the fact that you survived the storm It had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with you. You were just fortunate and blessed enough to be birthed from a generation of survivors. That is the reason why the thing that killed someone else couldn't kill you 
It's because of whose DNA we have. And because of Christ, we are able to carry the survival gene that is in our DNA to survive. Before I end the show today, I want to leave you with this quote. You were built to survive. So whatever you have to face in life, you can handle it because greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Listen, that is my time, beauties. Remember that no matter what you are going through, you can survive it when you are in Christ because you have his DNA. So listen, just keep living your best life for Christ, which is a blessed life. Be intentional to be a blessing to someone else. Feast on the word of God. Stay positive. Stay healthy, body, soul, and spirit. Be kind. Always keep a beautiful mind. And never forget who God called you to be, purposed you to be, and created you to be. And that is an amazing, beautiful, dope soul. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Don't forget to subscribe to Beautiful Soul Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Also, follow Beautiful Soul Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or visit our website at beautifulsoulsunday.com. Until next time, blessings, grace, and peace be multiplied.